In the months after I found Clara Pockets and saved the city of Davistown, I had never felt more motivated. I had the world at my fingertips. After all, I was finally a hugely famous hero documentarian podcast filmmaker. With my unprecedented newfound success, I finally had the confidence, if not the capital, to move out of my mother June's basement into a beautiful penthouse suite on the top floor of the tallest building in Davistown, a luxury apartment complex called My Ivory Tower. From My Ivory Tower, I looked down on the entire city of Davistown, including the Davistown Police Department. The success of Dun Disappeared had not only improved my living situation, but it also enabled me to purchase my dream car, a piss-yellow 2006 Honda Element. It also allowed me to hire a full-time staff, including my business partner Bubbles, my best friend Doyle, and my nutritionist, Gert Roberts. With Gert's help, as well as a collection of workout videos by LaToya Jackson and major surgery, I was soon in the best shape of my life, and I had more energy than ever before. My body had shrunk to under half its size. My head, however, was a completely different story. As my body became smaller and cut like marble, it became more and more obvious that my head had become remarkably large. Soon, it was completely disproportionate to my newly ripped and chiseled body. After weeks in a lab, a team of doctors concluded that there was absolutely no reason for my head to have gotten so big. I was given a special neck brace to help support my giant head that I must wear 24 hours a day until a cure is found. But I wasn't going to let my minor physical limitation hold me back. After all, I was living my dream. I had everything I'd ever wanted except one thing a person to share it with. Since my fiance Lisa left me for a tennis coach named Robert Barkley in 2013, I had been deeply single. But with the success of my hit documentary podcast phenomenon and my new beautiful beach bod, I soon found myself inundated with potential suitors. I had been on a series of Tinder, Bumble, and LinkedIn dates, but hadn't yet found that special spark I was looking for. My success as a documentarian podcaster was attractive to an extent, but it wasn't enough. It seemed to me that the only way to take me from dateable to full-on marriage material was to become a best-selling book writer. That's why, for season two of Done Disappeared, I made it my goal to tackle a solved case with a convicted perpetrator who I could meet and formulate a morally ambiguous bond with before ultimately using their insight to not only create a riveting documentary second season podcast, but also become a Pulitzer Prize winning book writer and beloved husband. But first, if I wanted any of this to come to fruition, I had to get to work. I had originally planned to cover the disappearance and presumed murder of our beloved young composer, Johann Johann Johannesburg but ultimately decided to find a case that was much more personal and from a trending time period. And when my business partner Bubbles tapped me on the knee and told me to tackle the infamous Davistown goose gankings from the 1980s, I knew we'd found the perfect, previously solved, and completely closed case to launch Dunn Disappeared and me, John David Booter, into the stratosphere and to finally get me the universal respect I so richly deserved. But if I was going to resolve this case... I would have to push myself further than ever before. Hey guys, it's me, John David Booter. This episode of Done Disappeared is brought to you by Kind Snacks. 
Have you ever had a Kind Bar? Kind Bars are made from full-grain oats and whole nuts. Kind Bars have amiable attitudes and will treat you with the utmost respect. Now, you can have a Kind Bar that's even more complimentary than ever before. Go to kindsnacks.com disappeared and enter the promo code JohnDavidBooter to receive a lifetime supply of extremely complimentary, tender-hearted, and bland-but-kind granola bars. You won't be disappointed. One of the first things I did in tackling this case was try to immerse myself in the time period as much as possible. After all, by the time this case had been closed in 1989, I was just a little baby boy. The first thing I noticed was that the 80s were almost four decades ago. And to my great surprise, many things had changed. First of all, the cocaine was incredible back then. I mean, just fantastic. This is Kathy Kazuski, a 1980s expert from Davistown, Pennsylvania. I talked to Kathy to get a better sense of what life was like in the 1980s. It'd make your whole head go numb. I mean, it was pure cocaine. Really good shit. Not like that garbage y'all are snorting up these days. Cool, Kathy. Very, very cool. Um, now, how about the general mood in Davistown in the 1980s while these crimes were going on? I mean, were people afraid? Oh. Or? Well, it was a time of horrific uncertainty. But it was also a wonderful time for fashion and music. I mean, you had your Prince, you had your Bruce Springsteen. One time, I met Madonna in an elevator. Oh, shit. I was in New York City for the weekend. Now, this was about 1985. Okay. Door Doors opened up, and she looked me up and down and said, I'm going to take the stairs. Oof. Wow. She was a real bitch. In talking to Kathy, I began to get a sense that the 80s were a time of horrific uncertainty and a wonderful time for fashion and music. After our conversation, I went even further. If I really wanted to immerse myself as much as possible into the 1980s, I would have to do it from the outside in. And that meant I'd start with my look. I hired a skilled seamstress to transform all of my old slacks into period-appropriate pairs of parachute pants, and I ripped off the sleeves of every shirt I'd ever owned. I traded in my prized 2006 piss-yellow Honda Element for a 1968 Schwinn lemon peeler. I shoved a walkie-talkie into my shorts and stretched a headband onto my oversized cranium. Finally, I was ready. Now... Come on, let's travel back to the 1980s. Every educated American knows that the city of Davistown, Pennsylvania, is the number one goose sanctuary in the country. Thousands of beautiful geese have made their homes in the community for centuries. Their elegance and splendor have become a symbol of hope and prosperity in the city of Davistown. Of course, the city's emblem is the image of the iconic silhouette of a gaggle of geese forming a human pyramid. And if you visit Town Hall, you'll see a priceless oil-based portrait of Jefferson Davis, the founder of Davistown, next to his wife Mary Beth and their impeccably groomed house goose, Cucumber. Well, just about every family in Davistown had a house goose. That's how it had always been, and that's the way it always was. The rich ones, anyway. This is Babette Berger-Valentine, former director and stage manager of the annual Davistown Golden Goose Pageant. I was in charge of the pageant for 25 years, from 1955 till... Well, till, till it ended in 1980. Well, that sounds like a lot of responsibility, because from what I remember, it was just a massive annual event that happened every year. The citizens of Davistown took it very very seriously. Mm -hmm. People would spend 
all year getting these geese ready for the big show. Mm. They dress them up in like a little tuxedo or a little gown and train them to tap dance or go down a little water slide. I mean, <laughs> you name it, they mm -hmm. did it. Cute. And the talent on display year after year was just truly absolutely phenomenal. Wow. I've got hundreds and hundreds of videotapes in a vault underneath my house with hours and hours of these beautiful gooses tap dancing and bebopping and just making people smile. Oh, I would love to see that. <laughs> it was the happiest time I can remember. Mm -hmm. Before that awful ganker came to town and the whole thing went to shit. Right. I mean, two days, two days before the pageant that year, for the first time in Davistown history, we had to cancel. Mm, why was that? Because by then, just about every last competitor had been ganked. Jesus Christ. And it didn't stop there. <laughs> Hi, Michael. It's me, John David Booter. I have some questions for you about the Davistown Goose Ganker from the 1980s. If you could give me a call back, my number is 555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-555-